0: Hey, we're in uh, Ephesians 3 today. We're in a series entitled Chosen. I still got work to do. The babies were amazing, but we're going to get into the word of God. Um, We're studying through the book of Ephesians um, throughout the summer. So stick with us. I encourage you to read this book um, a few times. It was written by Paul the Apostle. Paul was uh, saved by Jesus Christ. He was a persecutor of the church. He was saved by Jesus Thank you, fellas. He was saved by Christ, and uh, he went to three different continents to share the good news about Jesus Christ. Paul is actually writing this book um, in a prison cell. So during the day, he's on house arrest. So he has some freedom during the day. He's moving around, but he's being surveillance. At night, he's shackled and he's chained to a, to a prison guard. So um, he's still finding a way to encourage a church that he started some years before back in Ephesus. And, and, and a lot of scholars say that the book of Ephesians was actually handwritten by God, that God took the, the hand of Paul and script out this letter to the church in Ephesus. Now, we know that this entire book is God-breathed, but they know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God was truly, really, really writing this book. Uh, because you have all of the amazing implications of who God is in this book. Grace, salvation, his love, his mercy, his purpose, and his plan. Um, That's just a quick introduction. So we're going to go with our main verse for this series, Ephesians 1-4, and it states this, repeat after me, Even before before he made the world, world, God loved us us and chose us us in in Christ to be holy And without fault in his eyes. Let's go again, and then we're going to celebrate. You're going to clap because maybe you're tired this morning. It's all good. You can yawn. Maybe you're yawning. Maybe you're discouraged. But what I've come to find out is that sometimes you have to cause your body to follow the truth of God's word. No matter how you feel, you have to almost force yourself to fall in line with the truth. And so let's, let's read this. Let's celebrate it. Let's believe it. Let's live like it. And here we go. Even before, Even before he, made world, he made the world, God loved us, God loved us and chose us, chose us in Christ, Christ to, be to be set apart and without fault, and without fault in, his in his eyes. Amazing. So. We're in Ephesians 3, though, today. We're going to continue on. Ephesians 3, verse 16. This is our main verses here. Ephesians three sixteen, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you from the... Oh, my God. What's that? Sorry. He will empower you. I'm so unprofessional. I should have just kept going, right? But, man, I am distracted. Anything can walk across. I'm like, oh, my God. What's that? You ought to do video shoots with me. It takes forever. Anyway. That just made me feel comfortable. All right, let's move forward. So I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength from through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Christ gets comfortable in your heart as you trust him. The least that you trust him. The less comfortable he is to be there. So uh, let me, I don't even have this in my notes. So let me put it to you like this. I'm not going to want to be around you if I don't think you want me around you. Jesus is the same way because he's a gentleman. So Jesus doesn't force himself. So, um, you know, we can live together, but the chances are if I'm in my room all day, every day, all day, It's probably because I don't feel invited even in my own home. So Jesus is in your heart once you become a Christian, but how much influence does he have in your everyday life? How much influence does he have in your thought process? And and the more you welcome him in, he will make his home. He'll get comfortable. He'll talk to you. He'll kick his feet up. He'll do some miracles. He'll set you free. But if you don't give him any space, he, he, he can't work. He can't wiggle. He can't get in the kitchen and cook. He can't go in your room and make up your bed. He can't, he can't decorate the house. You got to give him some space in your heart. Does, does that kind of make sense? Yes. All right. All right. That, you, can, you can tip me for that later. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You want to you be rooted in something. I was talking to my man uh, last night at men's night. Men's night was phenomenal. It was so good. The guys ate all my food and didn't even offer to pay, but it was, and Elbo says it was good too. He's the same swindler that my kid. No, nah, man, I'm talking about this again, that my kid spent the night at his house. Their basement is the size of our entire home. And it's filled with toys. I got to watch you. You got books that you didn't read. <laughs> anyway, what am I reading? Sorry. I got to get my stuff together here. I don't know, man. You know, I just kind of want to chill out today. We got a short message. My clock is 30 minutes, so we'll be out on time. But um, let's go. We're going to go back into it here. Verse 18. And may you have the power to understand As all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand. I still don't understand the love of Jesus. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, this is like a top 10 verse of all time. Ephesians 3.20. Um, And it may be yours if you've never read it after today. I love this. He says, now all glory to God. This is Paul writing in a prison cell who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Infinitely more than we might ask or think. What have you asked God for lately? Chances are, whatever you've asked him for, he can do infinitely more. What have you imagined as your ideal life? Like if all your ducks were in a row, if everything was ideal, if everything was perfect, he can do infinitely more. So, Other translation says exceeding abundantly above. That's NIV. And so when Paul was in prison writing this letter, historians say that he actually created a phrase that did not exist in the the Jewish or the Greek language. He created this phrase, exceeding abundantly. It means above and beyond. It means beyond what you can ask or think or imagine so chances are even when I'm praying my best prayers I'm still shooting low and he want but you know what my favorite part of this verse is it's not infinitely more and I invite you into, this, I invite you into this, this thinking, this philosophy about this verse because we get stoked about it. And then when it doesn't happen for years, we're praying for the infinitely more, the exceeding abundantly in our finances, in our relationships, in our lives. And when it doesn't happen, it's almost as if, why isn't this verse working? Because that part isn't the part that we should focus on. The part is actually a few words before that. Yeah. According to the power that works in us, that's what we focus on. The power that works in us. It got to, it got to, the power, like it got to, it got to, you got to, it got to work. It got to get to work. Yeah. Jesus want to get, he, he, he wants to get to work. Yeah. And then when he gets to work, That's the result. So we're going to explain that here in a few minutes, in a few minutes. Let's finish the verse. And it says here that uh, infinitely more than we might ask or think, and we'll finish it there. Um, I want to bring a message to you this morning entitled, Be Filled. Be Filled. Be Filled. Be Filled. Yeah. So my wife and I, we just exited a season um, where we were, uh, you know, our days are long, and got the eight-year-old, and you saw Judah, <laughs> have Judah. So, yeah, we got the eight-year-old, but we have Judah. And so, um, you know, we got we to got work, full-time job, and do all these different things that we have on our plate. And so I would say since we started the church, so we're only eight months old. Um, Since we started the church, uh, we started to develop a pretty bad habit. Um, Our days would be early and long. And, uh, you know, 9.30, 10 p.m., 10.30 p.m. pops around, and we're hungry. And so I would find myself often nights over the past eight months getting in my car and going primarily to Taco Bell. Um, you, you feel me like just um, at least four nights throughout the week. If it was early enough, we'd make it to a burger joint. Uh, so that's nine o'clock and I'm bringing it home. We're eating by 10 and we're going to bed 12 one and we have to wake up at six because Judah's going to be up for eight months. And so we wake up feeling groggy and annoyed and oh, my joints are hurting and. Babe, give me Tylenol and all this stuff. And the great thing about it is, is that when we, when we ate, we would be filled up. We'd be full. But we'd also wake up hungry. So we'd be full, but we'd also be malnourished. We weren't getting the, the correct nutrients. We, we weren't getting the, the substance that we needed. And I think that such is life. I think that when you're not careful, you can enter into seasons where you're full but you're full of the wrong things. Um, You're full of of despair. You're full of doubt. You can be full of fear. You can be full of skepticism. So if truth comes your way and you're a skeptic, you're going to miss truth, a powerful truth, the truth that can actually set you free and inform your life because you're filled with skepticism and doubt when God is trying to present truth into your life, the truth that the truth shall set you free. That's what Jesus said. The truth that, the truth shall set you free. And the truth is Jesus. But if you're a skeptic, if you love to ask questions, if you have to look into these things, if you have to study, if, if you don't have faith and the truth comes your way, you will remain bound where you are. And it's only because we're filled with the wrong things. So there are seasons where we must detox when we're filled with the wrong stuff. And so as a father, I don't want my kids to be filled with fear and and despair and doubt. I want them to be filled with hope and faith, expectation. I want them to be filled with confidence, knowing that as they move forward in life, they can do anything that God puts on their heart. And our Heavenly Father wants the same thing for us. You don't have to be filled with doubt. You don't have to be filled with fear. You, you're too young. Most of you in here are too young to be filled with fear. Most of you in here are too young to lack expectation. God wants you to be filled with the fact that you can do the very things that he's calling you to do and that he's planning for you to do. I want This is a quick message, so I want to give three ways real quick that you can... Be filled and remain full the presence of God you need the presence of God in your life uh, Friday morning, I woke up in my bed at four thirty am and uh, I just couldn 't go back to sleep. There was a lot on my mind, and um, it was i don 't know i don 't know if it was fear or aggravation or what, but I got up at five a m and I walked from home, and I walked, like, into the heart of Potomac for about an hour and a half. Just got up, and it was about 75 degrees outside, nice and cloudy, nice and breezy, a few cars going back and forth, and I just walked. And I told God, I said, man, I miss these days, because back in college, I would wake up at 5 a.m. Well, I didn't have, you know, responsibilities that I have now. I'd wake up at 5 a.m., I would go run, I would talk to God. I just talk, say, Lord, I'm, I'm confused. Um, I'm fearful. I'm doubting. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Um, I, You know, been kind of doing the same thing. Been praying for the infinitely more. Hasn't really come in the way that I've expected it to come. Like, what's going on? What's going on? And God didn't just like drop the answer or what I wanted. He didn't drop it out of the sky and say, here you go, you know, during the walk. But what he did do was he gave me peace. He gave me peace, and he reminded me, I'm with you, and I'm working all things out. I'm working all things together for your good. Romans 8, 28, all things together for your good, because I've called you, and you love me. I'm working it out. I just need you to remain strong. So, you need the presence of God. In your, in your life, Christians especially, you need to start to prioritize and set aside at least 10 to 15, half an hour, hour a day, just being in the presence of God. You need the presence of God. If you're going to be full and remain full, you need the presence of God. Number two, no, I'm sorry, Psalm 1611 says this, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So when you get into the presence of God, he has a chance to speak to you and to show you. He has a chance to guide you, to direct you, to to put impressions on your heart, to give you visions for the next week, the next three months, the next six months, the next year. He has a chance to speak to you. And I love it here, granting me the joy of your presence. Some versions say this, in your presence is fullness of joy. So you need to be in the presence of God. Number two, if you're going to be or remain full, you need the word of God. You need the word of God. The truth of God. The hope of God. I love Jesus. Matthew 4, 4, he says this. People don't live by bread alone. So what is Christ saying? We don't don't live by intimacy alone. We don't live by money alone. We don't live by physical things alone. What he's saying is, in essence, if you're living by those things alone, you're a dead man or a dead woman walking. That's what Jesus is really saying. And he's talking to Satan because Satan is tempting him right now. He's fasting in a mountain, on a mountain for 40 days and 40 nights because he's about to start his ministry. So Satan sends three temptations his way. And oftentimes the things that keep us empty are the very things that we we think are keeping us full. I I need to go on this trip. I need to buy this thing. I need this person in my life. I need this relationship. And the very things that we think are keeping us full, Jesus just said, are the very things that are keeping you empty. So he said, we don't live by physical things alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth Of God so if you want to be full spend some time in his word get in a book get in a chapter and don't just read it I mean you got to you got to get in this thing and say Lord whatever you have for me right now fill my heart fill my mind transform me in this moment and then believe what you read Believe what you read. So if Jesus says that the word fills you, the word fills you. If you want to be and remain full, you need the people of God. So the reason I love Ephesians 3.20, I haven't forgot about our main text. The reason I love Ephesians 3.20, it's another reason. Because everyone gets it taken out of context all the time. The infinitely more, exceeding abundantly. But there's a context to, to the verse that there's something, that there's a storyline, there's something that follows it, because you've declared it over your life before. The exceeding abundantly, the more. You, you've, but there, there's something that it's rooted in. And if you would go up, go back to my verse, uh, Lance, Ephesians three seventeen. I want to read this here. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into, uh, into God's love and keep you strong. And watch this. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. Now, this is verse 18. It's going to lead us into 19 19 and 20. Watch this. As all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. God's love can be measured. It's wide enough to cover the span of the earth. It is... um, It's high enough to take us to heaven. It's long enough to last uh, through all duration of time. And it's deep enough, enough to catch us in our deepest, darkest moments. So verse 19 says this, May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life. May you understand the love of Christ. And it's at that point that you are made complete with all the fullness of life. Now we can get to 320. But I I just can't go into the Bible and, oh, that's my verse. And that's my verse. And, oh, I love that verse. And Joshua 1.9, be bold and courageous. But, yeah, God told Joshua to be bold and courageous as they were going into the promised land. But he also told him to not allow this word to depart from thy mouth. There's always context to these supernatural scriptures that you find. In the context of Ephesians 3.20, guess what? It's rooted in community. I can do anything when I have people surrounding me, pushing me on to accomplish the impossible. I can do anything when I have people in my life that are filled with the spirit of God. I'm filled with the Spirit of God, and we're filled together. I can get over any alcohol addiction. I can overcome any form of discouragement. I can overcome Satan. I can get out of the bed of fornication. I can do all these things. I, I can be set free when I got people that are surrounding me, when I'm rooted, when I'm rooted. At Men's Night last night, we talked about the redwood sequoia tree. These trees go, grow to about 250-plus feet tall. Um, they are the tallest trees uh, in the world. They they grow old in years, but their root system is extremely shallow, probably 15 feet, 250 feet, but about 10 to 15 feet in the ground. But what makes them so tall and so strong is that their root system is interconnected for miles. So you can have a tree that is connected. In, in Rockville, to a tree that is connected in Gaithersburg. And those suckers are still growing the same height, yeah. tall and strong. Yeah. Yeah. 320 is based on the context of community. And what I've seen the enemy do so much, how he's severed and he's just sliced and died. Oh, the millennials. yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 uh the baby boomers. Uh, ah, religion. Ah, I don't know what the other generation is between baby boomers and millennials. And then Ju- Judah's and Jay's generation is like generation Z. They haven't even named them. What Satan has done so well is he's disconnected people from the people of God through religion, <coughs> through religion, through, through, uh, sacraments. And you got to be confirmed 20 times and baptized 20 times before you can get into heaven. And you got to dress a certain way and you, you got to come to church perfect instead of just coming and getting with people who are just as broken as you are. <laughs> Myself first. And just then from there doing the. The impossible, the impossible, the impossible. And so uh, the people of God. So you, you need to come to Sunday worship experience because you're able to do your war cry. I want to encourage you, the next time we do To Worship You, I Live, that song with the, with the war cry, that's your, that's your time. That's your moment right there. You and God. Worship him. Let it all out. Let it go. Uh, God has sent Highlight Church to this city to take people from going to church on Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter, one time a month, once every quarter. God has called us as a church to get people back to church every Sunday. It it shouldn't even be a question. What are you doing Sunday morning? I'm going to church. I'm going to church. The Bible in the New Testament even says that the New Testament says that the Old Testament was written for our learning, meaning that there are things and principles in the Old Testament that if we would continue to follow, the blessing of God would come from heaven. What am I saying? I'm saying that sometimes old routines don't need to be changed. Old principles don't need to be discounted. Sometimes we have to get back to what it used to be in order to see God move in our lives. Coming to church on Sunday should not be a question. Well, I went to bed at 2 a.m. Get your butt up and get to church. The Bible says we serve a God that neither sleeps nor slumbers. And we can't get to church an hour and a half. Come on. God God has something he wants to give you. Light groups. <laughs> the people of God. If you're not in a small group, uh, we have light groups that meet all throughout the week. Um, great time of connection and, and Bible study. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. I love how the Bible gets specific. Let us not neglect as some people do. It says this, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Jesus is coming back. And so um, I want you to be filled because God will blow your mind. God will blow your mind. God will blow your mind. Ephesians 3.20, we're going to deal with this now. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Be filled because God will blow your mind. Now, I really need you to follow me, okay? Because I feel a teaching anointing, not a preaching. I'm not going to yell at you. I need you to follow me because if you would understand the principle that I'm about to teach, not only will this be uh, uh, platitudes and and, and a principle and a truth, but this will become reality in your life, the infinitely more. So follow me here today. Um, I have about, it says I have nine. I'm going to add about four more minutes. So I'm going to spend about 12 more minutes with you. Are we okay out there? Good. I remember the best days of my life. As far as uh, exercise was concerned, it was between the age of 16 and 23. I missed those days and uh, <laughs> had a lot of energy and had a few more muscles. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get back to those days. I was filled with so much energy and filled with so much power. And we talked about being filled. So be filled, be filled. And you can be filled through the Word of God, the people of God, and the presence of God. But most importantly, all those things are exterior. The most important thing that you are to be filled with is the spirit of God. So when you become a believer, the spirit of God makes his home in your heart. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, you don't change in that moment. It's okay. For a lot of people, you're not going to feel different. You're not going to have an emotional experience. Some people respond differently. So being filled with the, the spirit of God is the most important Because it provides a God-given power. So the verse says, according to the power that works in us. And when we think about power, we think about trains and tractor trailers and the Terminator and Batman. And we think about all these powerful people and all these powerful things. But this is a different kind of power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus has ascended into heaven. And he tells his disciples before he ascends into heaven, he tells his disciples to wait, wait, but you will receive power. The Greek word there is dunamai. It comes from our word dynamite, dunamai, power. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm going to give you power to achieve and accomplish God-sized things. I'm going to give you power to experience and accomplish the infinitely more in your life. I'm going to give you power, dunamite, but this is not a forceful power. This power is defined as that, is, that which is given to you in order to achieve God-sized results. Power. Power. You know, not 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 me going and you know I don't know picking up because I certainly can't. It's power is not me picking up this thing and just by myself. Or it's it's not me tearing down this entire church after service in in fifteen minutes. That that's not power. That Samson strength that we prayed over George. That's what that is. But that's not power. Power. I love power because. This we we talked about last week how power is um, not just talk. Power is transformation. So power is someone that has went from a victim mentality to now you are the hero. You are the victor. Power is someone who who is faithfully married. For 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 thirty five, forty years, especially if you're the man, because the man sets the tone in the house, not the woman. Power is, is, is when, you're, when, you're, when you don't have anything, but you're still faithful to God. When, when nothing that you thought is going to fall in line anytime soon, but you're still faithful to who Jesus is. That's power. Power is not Adolf Hitler. Power is not Donald Trump. There, those are places of authority, but power is someone who serves Jesus with all of their heart, with everything on the inside of them. That is power. Power. That's that's power. That's power. Power to produce god-sized outcomes to accomplish infinitely more than what we ask or think. Who wants to accomplish infinitely more? I want to see a show of hands. Infinitely more in your relationships relationships infinitely more. You want those to be blessed. Your finances infinitely more. Your, your process. I want to say process. Process. It can happen according to the power that works in you. So the Holy Spirit gives power. It can happen according to the Holy Spirit working in you. God-sized results. You know, an author God can say, give an author an idea or a vision and he say, hey, I want you to name your book this. It's gonna be 10 chapters, 200 pages, go. You're gonna be a New York Times best-selling author. You know what that author has to do? He has to sit down. He has to get his plot. He has to get his table of contents, his context, his introduction, the body, the conclusion. He has to get on his desk and he has to go to work. You can be in med school. You can be in your clinical rotations and decide, hey, I want to be a surgeon when I, when I graduate med school. Going to have to hit the books, get your license. He's going to have to work it, work it, work it, work it in order to correct deformities in the body. He's going to have to work it and work it and work it and work it and work it. The spirit wants to work it for my believers. So this may be in over your head if you're an unbeliever. Hopefully it's not. I'm trying to be as clear as possible today. I want to leave the cookies on the low shelves. I'm not going deep. It's very simple, but yet profound, because even I'm filled up on this. And, and it, when God gave it to me, I'm like, oh, my God, I can experience it infinitely more. I just got to stick with it. I'm 30 years old. What if God wants to do this for another 50 years? This is going to get better and better and better and better and better and better. Oh, my goodness. This is awesome. Now, power, you got to work it. You got to work it. You got to work it. I love this. Galatians 5, 22 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of power, this kind of fruit in our lives. Watch this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. There's nothing that says that when you operate in what the Spirit produces, there's nothing in the world that says that you're limited. There's no law against these things. God has not set a universal law against these things. The power that it produces, so the kind of power is love. The word there is agape, joy, peace. Patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Look, I, I am a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not a hype man. And you know, no, no one more than me wants this church to grow. But if this church has to grow with the right people who really want God, who really want power, I will teach the Bible until we cut away the fat And grow the way the spirit of God has called us to grow. I'm in no rush. (laughs) I want you guys to understand power. 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 So this is us. And the water represents the spirit of God. And I I just use three categories that we want infinitely more I could have done more categories than this but we have our relationships our finances and I put here our process because I believe every promotion in your life every breakthrough for freedom every every season of growth and blessing is first preceded by a process preceded by a process and so when you give your heart to Jesus, hopefully I can I can do this justice, like I tried to do it in the mirror and it didn't make sense, but y'all just stick with me. When you give your heart to Jesus, he fills you with his spirit. I might take a sip. He fills you through and through with his spirit. Come on, God, give me more. I love it. He's a gentleman. He slows down. <laughs> he fills you with his spirit. Now, this is the thing about us Christians that we have to understand. We don't need peace, we don't need joy, we don't need self control. You have it, you're filled with it. You, you don't need gentleness. You don't need to be more kind. You are kind. You may not operate in kindness because some of the nastiest people I know are Christians. And I ask myself sometimes, are they filled with the spirit of God? And people ask me all the time, Josh, man, how did you get eight adults to move with you? You don't, you know, you don't pay them. And uh, I'm like, look, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. We, we, you know, we're in a generation where we're trying to bogart people and use them and, and, and spirit of witchcraft. You know, we're, we're just trying to do it all. We're trying to finesse it. We're trying to cheat it. We're trying to, God's like, dude, if you would just let me feel you. So our relationships need, and it's going to get wet up here. Right? I'm not worried about it. Our relationships need some love. some some gentleness, some kindness, some goodness, some faithfulness. We want our finances to be overflowing. God bless some of you who are doing well in your finances, please. I'm going to do a Dave Ramsey small group next year. You can help lead that. Um, I already got one person in mind, but I know that your finances are blessed, not not because you received a large inheritance, but because over the years you've practiced Mm self-control. And you've taken joy when you didn't have much. Mm -hmm. And you were faithful in your budgeting. And the process, every process needs patience. Every process needs patience. and peace Every process needs patience and peace. And God has God has given us all these things limitlessly. The power, man. Stop scheming. And stop dreaming. But Understand that you are filled, and it's it's okay to be filled. I know a lot of spirit-filled Christians. The problem with spirit-filled Christians is that they don't allow it to flow into these areas. If you'd allow it to flow, these areas would begin to overflow. Overflow. I know that's good. I told you I ain't preaching. It's okay to be filled, but allow it to flow. Uh, Allow faithfulness in your relationships to flow. Goodness, gentleness, flow. In the areas where you are struggling with addiction and secret sins, if you're a Christian, Self control, allow it to flow. Your process is going to take time, but God has given you patience. And we defined patience a few weeks back patience is not not doing anything, patience is obeying in the delay. So when you feel as though something has been delayed, you still have to obey. To obey means to follow. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 tells you that if you would obey, these blessings will, in fact, come. But it takes time from when the seed is planted in the ground to when the harvest comes. And the time you need to be obeying in the delay. Do what's right at night. No one's watching. But allow faithfulness unto God to flow. You can be filled, but you want it to flow so that it can overflow for the infinitely more God will in fact blow your mind. I know faithfulness has enabled my marriage to overflow. Like we we straight up had like oh the weirdest argument, but it wasn't, right? Last night, in front of Chris and Megan and my mother in law, and it was not an argument. It was something like a disagreement. I was letting her know my heart. She yelled at me, and I told her, I will not listen to that (laughs) because that's not how men operate. But were we at each other's necks? No, because we've determined a long time ago that we're dying together, we're faithful. And even in our honesty, we can be gentle and we can laugh. And it's infinitely more. Galatians 6, 8, 9, and I'm going to let you all go. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from their sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit the best of what God has to give. When you live to allow it to flow, you're going to reap the best of what God has to give. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. For at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Praise God. That's what he says. Let's bow our heads. Let's bow your heads. Let's pray. Yeah, let's pray. And let's just, if anyone is in here and you've never given your heart to Jesus, this morning is your morning. He wants to fill you. So that your life can overflow in blessings. He wants to give you his spirit so that you can stop trying in your own efforts. He wants your life to overflow. And on the count of three, we're going to bow our heads. We don't want to make you feel weird. I just want you to raise that hand high. On the count of three, you raise your hand. If you want salvation, if you want to be filled, if you want to be made into a new creation this morning, One, two, three. Let's raise that hand. Praise God. Praise God. Church, let's lift it up and let's celebrate. Come on. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, church, let's pray with those that raise their hands. Repeat after me Lord Lord Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness, for your love. Thank you for dying on that cross and setting me free. Fill me with your spirit. Allow it to flow so that my life would overflow with your blessing. I am your disciple. I am your follower. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all. See you later.